Hi, I'm Kat, grassroots marketer turned brand builder. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever. Your weekly dose of not so nice, but oh so clever advice and actionable strategies to grow your mind, brand, and bank account beyond your wildest dreams. Free of charge. You're welcome. So grab your notebook and let's get to it. In today's episode, we're expanding upon a few prior episodes we recorded in which we share our oh-so-clever opinion on whether or not email marketing is dead, as well as how to grow your email list. So clearly, you know our answer on this topic. And now today, we're going to be diving in and niching down from that general bucket of email marketing and focusing on one particular specific aspect of email which is your monthly newsletter. So let's get to it. So according to Constant Contact, email has a 42 to 1 ROI. So you absolutely should be paying attention to this episode today because we're making you some money. So we love newsletters or we love email marketing in general because an algorithm can't take away your ability to build relationships when you actually own the contacts. So what we love about your email list is that you have the names, you have the email addresses. And even if Instagram or TikTok goes away, you still have a way to connect with your audience. We also love that it's one to many. So I can send out one newsletter and send it to hundreds, potentially thousands of people. So, you know, at not nice, clever. We love leverage. We think it's so sexy. And that's what a newsletter allows you to do. It's also still considered the most personalized form of communication next to text messaging. So it really allows you to connect with your audience if you do it right. So we're excited to be sharing with you some tips on how to set up your maybe first email newsletter. We know that we're building omnipresence and making sure that your audience sees your name in their inbox in addition to their Instagram feed will really help you to build authority and credibility in your space. And so that's why we think that this is such an important topic and we want to talk more about it because we know that people often feel intimidated when they hear the term email marketing. And it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing that seems unattainable. There are ways that you can simply take small steps to be in front of even more eyes each day. And we are going to break down the key ingredients to creating a successful monthly email newsletter. All right. And uh, another quick note and reminder in case we've got some new listeners on and a shout out to our listeners who've been supporting us since we launched this podcast. Friendly reminder that Candace and I are both introverts. So if you are an introvert, this is a great way to have hundreds, if not thousands of conversations by just hitting the send button once. So introverts, listen up. This is a great way to maintain that amazing omnipresence without feeling drained and chained to your business. So getting into the key ingredients here, The very first one, and this is so important, we didn't necessarily prioritize all the main points, but this one is a big one, and it's to know and own your voice. 
This is your newsletter. It is representative of you. It is representative of your personal brand, all the different facets that make up you as a human being in business. It is not your team leads newsletter. It is not your boss's newsletter. It is not your mother's newsletter. It is yours. It's not your brokerage's newsletter. Oh, there we go. Yes. Just had to say it because we know we have a lot of agents listening. No, crack that verbal whip. I love it, (laughs) right? This is your newsletter. It is building your brand. And the easiest and quickest mindset shift that I can share if you're just starting out here, even if you're looking at auditing your newsletter, is to really imagine as if you're writing it to a friend. Because like Candace shared, the way that people across generations from boomers to Gen X, to millennial, to Gen Z, people still consider email the most personalized form of communication next to text. So can you imagine the dissonance you'd feel if like, Candace, I popped up in your inbox and it felt like a, I don't know, Harvard case study with data and science, technical language and everything. You'd be like, (laughs) oh my God, who is this pod person? This is not kept. Yeah. So, you know, really understand that it is yours and you can own your voice. And this faux pas we have, Candice, I'm sure you see your clients do this a lot. What's the one thing we don't want them to do with the newsletter? Include just a bunch of stock photos or even AI generated content. I mean, you know, you and I both love AI, but not if you use it to replace your voice. And so anything that depersonalizes your newsletter, we are not about that. So stock photos and AI generated content is not exactly what you want in this particular newsletter because it's about owning your voice, building that relationship. Mm -hmm. It is your opportunity to get in front of your audience in a leveraged way once a month. You can time block and take the time to pen this out, right? Use AI to break through writer's block if you're not really quite sure where to start, but do not outsource your voice. People can tell. And it's not a great way to build trust with them. Okay. What's our next ingredient? The next part is follow an easy replicable framework. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you send out your newsletter. I like to start my clients off with this three-part newsletter that makes it really simple to use month after month. And you can always analyze the data and make changes as you continue to send out this newsletter, but this is a really great place to start. So the three parts. The first one is just the lowdown. What's been going on with you lately? What's up? So this is just an opportunity for you to share what's going on. So if you were recently on vacation. Great. Talk to us a little bit about that. If you were recently featured somewhere, great. Talk about your experience. Who did you get to meet? Like, Get us hyped up to follow along with your journey. This kind of feels like an intimate look into your world. And once again, that connects you to your audience. So people just want to know what's going on. Maybe just a short paragraph and a picture it goes a long way in relationship building. Another reason why I love to send just kind of what's going on at the beginning of my newsletter is because it gives people a reason to kind of come up and talk to me in real life or maybe slide into my DMs. As an introvert, I have a really hard time like starting a conversation from nothing. 
But let's say I get Kat's email in my inbox and she says how she just came back from New York and she was at the mastermind. I can be like, oh my gosh, Kat, how was the mastermind? And it gives something for me to talk to you about, which is great for me because it eases my anxiety. So if you just drop something at the beginning of your newsletter that lets someone feel like they can start a conversation with you, we love that. Do that. Make it easy for people, especially people like Kat and I, who maybe have a hard time starting a conversation, especially if it's a small talk type of conversation. I was just going (laughs) to say you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, we are like at a chemical level allergic to small talk. So make it easy, folks. We want to talk to you. We just we just need to know what to talk to you about. Exactly. Just a little bit of relatability goes a long way. Also, guarantee you that nobody else is going to say what you're going to say about your personal life in your email. So you want to differentiate too and not sound like everybody else. It's a great and easy way to approach that, right? Totally. The second part of this email framework is connecting your audience to a valuable resource that connects the dots for them. So Mm -hmm. this really goes to knowing your audience. So in my last month's newsletter, since I send out my newsletter to real estate agents, at the top of the newsletter, like in the middle, this value add section, it said 10 questions every real estate agent should ask at the end of quarter one. Well, that was timely. And I know a lot of my agent friends are downloading those 10 questions because they want to reflect on quarter one. So it's timely and it responds to their pain point of maybe not knowing how to do that. And so when you know your audience, you can give them the value add that they want that responds to a pain point, maybe even a pain point they didn't know that they had until Mm -hmm. they see that title. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know who you're talking to. That's really huge. And your newsletter will be more successful when you understand your audience. So Do they want to know the top three email marketing tips? Do they want to know, I don't know, the coolest restaurant in all of Miami? Like, Start thinking about who your audience is and make sure you're serving them a little of what they want and also what they need. I love this tip, A, because you didn't make it about you, right? The first section is about you. It is about sharing elements of you and, you know, updating people about your personal life. The second one is about your audience. What can you solve for them? Don't think what you think is the coolest resource or that you thought was the most awesome article or blog you wrote or read. Make it about your audience. And it's so funny, Kenneth, like when I did receive your newsletter, I was like, well, I'm not a realtor, but I'm a businesswoman and a Mm -hmm. business owner. And I'm like, what should I be reflecting on in Q1? So even though I wasn't in your direct audience peripherally, it still got me thinking and analyzing, oh, damn, it's Mm -hmm. March 31st in a few days when we are recording this. I always am telling my clients to audit and analyze so that they can iterate and improve. Yeah. And so thank you for that reminder. Oh, absolutely. And one thing that you say often, Kat, is like your superpower, the thing that you do with your clients is help them to collapse time. Mm. And so when people make that investment with you, you are, you know, putting them in the fast track to whatever their goal is or their destination because you have so much experience and expertise 
And when you think about this section of your newsletter as a way to collapse time for your audience by just giving them that thing that they need that's going to make a real difference in their life or business, then you're building trust with your audience because they feel like you're in their head, like Mm -hmm. you understand them and you are thinking about what they need even before they know to ask it. Mm -hmm. That makes selling really easy because it doesn't even feel like selling. It just feels like you're connecting people to a solution. Time travel is not possible, but collapsing time is. So thank you for that call out. I love that. Yep. Okay. And then the third section, so we're going back to the framework. The third section is remind them of your authority in whatever space that you're in. So in the real estate space or in the branding space or whatever it is that your business does, remind them of your authority, but you don't have to make the whole rest of the newsletter about selling them something. Because we are building that omnipresence and they're seeing you in multiple places, it's just another monthly touch point for people to be in their inbox. So you can highlight a client or a service. You could tell a story about a client win that demonstrates your expertise. You can also ask for business. You can offer a service at the end of your newsletter, but only do that after you've provided value because you do want to ensure that your audience sees you as an expert, sees you as a leader and an authority before you ask for the sale. You don't want to start with an offer first in this monthly newsletter. There is a space for sales emails, but that's going to come after you've already built that initial relationship. That's actually going to come after someone actually does click on that resource that you have. So I'll just share a little bit about my last email. I checked the analytics last night and my last email, 50 people downloaded or clicked on the 10 questions. Now I know those 50 people get a new set of emails that is more focused on sales because I understand what they need or want. And now I can talk to them about that. It's not the same as my monthly newsletter. It's a separate thing, but they've essentially raised their hand and said that they're interested. It's more targeted. It's more targeted and it's feeding them what they need and what they've already kind of asked for by their click. And so that's really, really important. This monthly newsletter is just about relationship building, building trust and value. And you can use the data to be more targeted with what you want to do later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always like to remind clients like, A, it's not a direct source of generating business. It will likely generate referrals. Whoever is reading this monthly newsletter that has a very lifestyle feel to it, it's got value add, it's got some stories some personal notes, you'll be effortlessly top of mind when someone who knows someone who wants to do business with you or can, you know, benefit from doing business with you. But then, like Candace said, in auditing and analyzing the data, she's going to do a targeted email sales sequence for the people who basically told her, They're a hot audience and they are ready to do business because they're taking action. Whereas the, you know, hundreds rest on her email list. It's just top of mind. But you can bet when someone says real estate and branding and marketing, everyone who's read her newsletter is going to say her name first. That's That's how you can really start to think of your newsletter. So what's the next part of this cap? The next one, I feel like you already perfectly teed this up, which I love, which means we know what we're doing, which is great, is... To answer the question of who do you send this to? So we kind of already teased it. 
We want you to send this to your entire audience. And that's important because as you're creating this newsletter, you want it to be relevant and timely, like Candace talking about, you know, auditing Q1, 10 questions you should ask yourself at the end of the quarter. You want it to be entertaining and memorable, right? Not over the top, right? Don't mistake that as over the top. But And then you also want it to be authentic, you know, to who you are and what you're doing in your life, right? We're not telling you to like pull rabbits out of hats. Unless you're a magician, then definitely do that. But And then also hit us up because we're going to start recording with guests and that might actually be cool to have on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but we want it to be relevant to other people and humans that you have things in common with personally and professionally because everybody knows someone who knows someone, right? So why limit yourself in the potential to garner referrals and the potential to generate business and build relationships? We're not a fan of limits. No, that's not Clever Girl Approved. And so we want it to be able to be sent to your entire audience. And like Candace was saying, how after somebody took action on a specific CTA, she's going to create a targeted email campaign for a segment of her database. And that segment might read March CTA interest, right? Or something Mm -hmm. like that. So she knows that those people in March were interested in her call to action. You might remarket to them six months down the line. Yep. Right. With something else that's going on at the end of quarter two, when they download the next reflection, I know that they really need some support in this. Right. I'm going to be there to slide in and remind them that I can help. Perfectly positioned and timed. So we wanted to send it to everybody. It's not a segment. It's your general audience. It's a lifestyle, personally branded newsletter, not your brokerage, not your boss, you to your people. All right, this next ingredient, you've got this on lock. Is visual consistency. So y'all mm. know I'm the CEO of Elevate Design Studios, just renamed. Love. And with Elevate Design Studios, we talk about this all the time. You need to have consistent brand colors. You need to have consistent brand imagery. And that includes your photos and the even style of flyers or mailers or any kind of print material business cards that you put out. It has to have a certain image. Your fonts, they need to be considered. They need to be consistent. The formatting of your newsletter also conveys a message about your brand. So you want to have consistent formatting. And it's something that people often don't think about when it comes to branding, but it matters. Where's the title? Do you have Words that show up vertically or only horizontally, are there headers? What are the headers look like? What do the subtitles look like or the subheaders look like? What does the body font look like? These are things you should be thinking about. And the email platform that Kat and I both love using is Flowdesk, and they are great at providing you formats that you can start off from. So, jumping off point for the formatting of your email Mm -hmm. and lots of different platforms also offer formatting for your email newsletter. So definitely check that out. Another thing that is one of my pet peeves, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this too much, but newsletter spacing. Oh, we need to talk about it. You have to have consistent spacing. Mm -hmm. I'll just share a couple spaces that you should look at. So in between segments, if you have three segments, you want to keep the 
spacing in between those segments the same. So that really does matter because it provides like an experience for your audience. And if the spacing is off, it can feel cheap. It can feel like it's a little bit less trustworthy. Yeah, like disjointed. Disjointed, yes. Like they don't know what to expect, you know? And I think that that impacts your credibility in the eyes of your audience. And so pay attention to spacing, please. It absolutely matters. And the next one is emoji is punctuation. If you're going to end your sentence with a fire emoji, you need to not put a period in addition to that fire emoji, okay? Mm -hmm. We need to start thinking about your emoji as punctuation. You don't need an additional exclamation point after the fire emoji. That's too much, people. Just let it end with the emoji that is the new MLA formatting. Just kidding. I don't even know. But that is <laughs> that is what you do in 2023. And you heard it here first. You don't need a punctuation mark and an emoji at the end of the sentence. Just choose mm-hmm. one, please. One other thing, too, that I don't think we put on this list when we were planning and preparing for this episode, but double check what your email newsletter looks like visually on mobile and desktop. Mm-hmm. That's where make those fixes and tweaks so that it is visually consistent among both different views. Because what I found is that initial opens for me, I don't know, Candice, what your analytics look like, but I'll have initial like 60 or 70% of my list open on mobile. And then two or three days later, I'll send to the unopens and I'll get that open rate up to like 80 to 85%. And the reopens happen on desktop. They don't happen on mobile. So interesting, like almost no one opens my on mobile. Pretty much everyone opens on desktop. It's like over 90% online. Really? Well, yeah. your audience is so mostly realtors, right? So they yeah. are typically more skewed toward desktop versus mobile. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, just something to keep in mind. Gut check the mobile versus desktop and make sure both are visually consistent with all of the elements Candace just went through. Yep. Okay. I love that tip. The next part is for your newsletter. Go ahead, Kat. A branded footer. You want to start strong, you want to end strong, and you want to carry that visual consistency throughout. So one thing that I use, and I know Candice uses it too on our favorite platform, Flowdesk, shout out to Flowdesk, is to have our updated live social feed, right? So like it'll pull our three most recent social posts on Instagram. And I love that because I never make the assumption that every single person who's opening my newsletter has seen every single piece of content on my Instagram right? Mm -hmm. Especially with how the algorithm has changed. I know, you know, your friend Giselle and Chelsea too, they were early advocators for this change in recommending content versus chronologically showing content Mm -hmm. that, you know, people publish. And so never assume that somebody's seen everything. So it's a nice way to connect the two and create that feeling of omnipresence and contribute to it. Also, we brought this up because Candice, I know you're going through this process right now, please make sure every single link, I don't care how many you have, actually, you can have 10 or you can have three. I don't care the number, but please make sure all of the links are updated. Click, test them. Because Candice, you're still going through this, right? Yeah, I'm still finding links that don't work because since I changed my last name recently, a lot of my links were associated with my old name, my old handle. 
And so Mm -hmm. I am still finding here or there a link that doesn't work. And it drives me crazy because once again, that does impact your credibility. If someone can't trust that when they click on the link, they're going to land in the right spot, it turns people off. It's a turnoff. Don't do it, y'all. You put them into a digital desert. They're not going to, they're not going to trust you. Exactly. So for anyone who has experienced my links not working, I'm sorry and I'm working on it. Um, (laughs) But it is important. So do try to check your links before you send it out. And most email platforms that I've worked with allow you to send a test email. So you can send it to a friend, you can send it to yourself and Mm -hmm. just kind of test all of the links to ensure that everything is working because there's Nothing worse than getting that error message when you click on a link. The worst. We do not want that for you. Not Clever Girl approved. All right. Our last ingredient, Candice, is calls to action, otherwise known as CTAs. So if you're doing the three-part framework that we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you don't want more than one call to action per section. We want to keep this really simple. We don't want to make our audience feel like we're all over the place. So just one call to action per section. And even the top part where you just kind of introduce yourself or say what's up, it might not even need a call to action there. Mm -hmm. So just really think about what the next step is that you want your audience to take and just use them where needed. Yeah. I always like to use the analogy and maybe it's top of mind because I'm dating a chef, but it's like when you go to a restaurant at the end of a long day and you open up the menu and there's like 672 options and you're like, oh, I can't. No decision fatigue done. And then what happens? I'll just like, you know, order a tequila soda or a Manhattan (laughs) and then not even order food. (laughs) Yep. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. One CTA per section and probably not in the branded personal letter open. So key takeaways. Write the damn newsletter because it's not as hard as you think it is. Don't worry about making money right now so you can actually set yourself up to make money down the line. This is about trust building. This is about building authority. This is not necessarily your money making sales email sequence. Mm-hmm. It is your let's build community, let's build relationships, let's build referrals, let's create some stability in your business. So the next time the market tanks, because that will happen regardless, and we're speaking to every entrepreneur on this, not on this podcast, but listening to this podcast and trying to get you off that hamster wheel, because that's exhausting. This will bring a bit more stability into your business, and we want that for you. Thank you for listening today. We can't wait to see your newsletters in our inbox. And if you enjoyed the information that you received today, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews help us to continuously grow and we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thanks for joining us on Not Nice, Clever. Remember to follow our podcast wherever you listen to audio and head to www.notniceclever.com to connect for more. Drop a question. We'll shoot you an answer. We're not gatekeepers here. Signing off. You're not so nice, but also clever besties that mean business. See you next week.